Well, good morning, church. I'm Scott Weatherford. I've had a, an amazing week. Did you guys have a good week? But you know, there's sometimes I just need to go to church. I just need to be with the brothers and the sisters. And this is one of those weeks. Do y'all feel that way? Just take me to the church. There's a new song out that I'm going to sing one day. Dad doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to sing it. Take me to the king. I ain't got much to bring. All I have an offering, it's my everything. So I'm so glad to be here this morning. I just got back from Alabama where I went to film our next small group session, and we did 61 small groups in four and a half hours. Can you imagine that? 61 videos. It was one of those divine enablements where you know, they, they turned on the, the Weatherford spout and just kept coming out for four and a half hours, and we got these done. Now, what we did is that next year, the first part of the year, we're going to go through the book of Ephesians together, and I'm really excited about that, so we're going to do it systematically, so I did eight sessions out of Ephesians, and then we recorded 52 small group gatherings, two to three minute videos of me talking about what Jesus said about various topics, because we want you to have 52 weeks with Jesus. And Mike Stevens is writing a company that goes with that. I've done the videos that goes with this. And we got all of those done in that time as well. Isn't that crazy? Just help me, Jesus. It was crazy. And so that's what we did this week. It was an amazing adventure. And, and I want to just keep sharing the story with you. My story matters. Your story matters. The story of us matters. This is us. 135 years ago, God started a church in Wimberley for you. For you. Whether you live in this valley or you live close to this valley, maybe you're here studying for a season. God has created and started this church for you. This is us. Now, some of y'all are young and some of y'all are old like me. Do you ever feel like that God is just done with you? that he's just given up on you, that he just set us aside. Some of y'all are saying no, and some of you are kind of wondering, how does he know this? Because last week, I kind of had one of those moments, and I ran across this psalm, and this psalm spoke to my heart. In fact, it made me cry. My life is an example to many because you've been my strength and my protection. That's why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long, and now in my old age, don't set me aside. Don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing. For my enemies are whispering against me. They're plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for no one will help him now. And I read that Psalms, but I got, I got this, though. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, and I read that, and I'm afraid as I age, as I get older, that God will forget me and allow my life to just fade into a useless state. But that's not true. It's not true at all. Because God is with me and with you in every season of my life. And I realize as I get older and become more like Jesus, I don't get older, I get better because of King Jesus. I don't fade into nothingness. I run into the loving arms of my Savior and my God. And it gives me hope. Now, the challenge I have is to remember that. The challenge I have is to present myself to God every day. 
Now, if I'd have read that when I was 30, it probably wouldn't have had any influence on me. But now that I'm 32, it has an influence on me. It has an influence on me. We call ourselves a Building Lives Church. That's what we call ourselves. And what this means is we're joining God in the divine process of making us to become like Christ, to become like Jesus. Now, this process becomes uh, even starts even be- before we come to Christ. Even before we even know about Jesus, he's working on us. He's presenting himself in such a way that works on us. And he wants us to be used, he wants to use us to introduce people to himself that he's already working on. I mentioned that I went to, uh, to Alabama. I had to fly through Atlanta. If you're going to heaven on the other side of the country, you have to go through Atlanta. And that was supposed to be funny, but I was at Atlanta airport and I went to get my rental car. And uh, so I got to the rental car counter and they said, um, Mr. Weatherford, your car is not ready. And this was my surprise face because it happens a lot. I said, but I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to give you a premium upgrade. Papa likes an upgrade. So I'm going to get me an upgrade. I'm thinking, you know, what's it going to be? It'll be a Jaguar or something fancy. You know, I could ride it around town going, I'm a Jaguar. I said, what's it going to be? And so I, he said, well, if you'll just sit over here, we'll come in a minute and we'll get you. We'll get the premium upgrade ready. So a few minutes, about 30 minutes, I was sitting over there. Had a conversation with a lady who uh, she, she sat down and she looked at me. She says, I normally don't talk to people in the airport. And I went, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and, she, and she said, uh, you said something about something at the counter. And said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Texas. She goes, oh, you're from Texas? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, where in Texas are you from? I said, I'm from Wimberley. Oh, you're from Wimberley? I said, yes, ma'am. You know where that is? Do I know where it is? My family has a house on Flight Acres. And we go there every day. She may be here today. She said she was going to come. She probably ain't. I'm looking for her. And so I have a conversation with her. And then the, the rental car guy comes over. And he goes, Mr. Weatherford, the premium upgrade is not quite ready. So what we've decided to do is to give you a convertible Mustang. I said, now Papa's talking. Go let the wind blow through my hair. All five of them that's left. Go let it blow through my hair. And uh, so he said, if you just wait here just a second, we'll, we'll get that ready. We'll come get you. So I'm sitting here waiting. And, and then he comes in a few minutes and said, Miss Weatherford, um, you're, the Mustang's not available. He said, but what we have for you is a minivan. <laughs> now, at about this time, I was done agitated. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But my, my email address is Pastor Scott. So I can't act like I want to. Y'all, y'all with me? I got to say, oh, bless Jesus, I'm happy with a minivan. I can put all my disciples in that minivan. Hallelujah, thank you for that. I hope it smells like children. It did. So I go down to get my minivan, and I, I, I don't quite have the joy of the Lord. And I'm talking to this lady at the counter, and she says, I'm sorry, Mr. Weatherford, you'll be in this minivan. And I said, well, you know, it's just a car. It'll be all right. So y'all killing my street cred, but it's okay. And, uh, and she said, thank you for being so pleasant. I said, I have to be. <laughs> and then we, I was driving out. She said, you go ahead and get this and you meet me at the booth and I'll check you out. I meet her at the booth. 
and she rolls down your way. She again, thank you for being so pleasant. I said, you know what? Every word that comes out of my mouth ought to be for building up and not tearing down. She goes, that's good. Where'd you get that? I said, the Bible. She says, you got a card? See, I will listen to you preach. Who knows what God was doing in my affliction of a minivan? God was delivering his message of love. You see, my life is not my own. Take it all, take it all. My life in your hands. It belongs to King Jesus. And so I cannot measure my life by the days of my life. I can measure my life by the devotion of my life. And my devotion has to be all for Jesus. Now here's the question. How do I do that? What is the process of me doing that? Do do y'all wonder that? How does it get to the place that I can live in this way? How can my life be defined by his power and his promises and living out his purpose? And the longer I live, the more I discover that if I'm going to live for Jesus, it means caring about people. It means caring about you. Care about who you are and your heart and your life. That my life can be defined like him. When I'm like Jesus, then I meet the needs of people. This is who I am. Last week I spoke to you about every decision become a destiny. What you decide today becomes your destiny for tomorrow. And that your decisions shape your life. And today I want, to, I want to show you how that decision shapes your destiny and the behaviors of your life because how do I serve others? How, how do we serve is kind of the, the message here. And as I looked at this, I could have gone into a lot of different things of academia and theology, but I have to go back to the core of who I am and the core of who we are. And so we're going to look today at a very familiar passage in Romans, Romans chapter 12. And every time I read this, and I've preached through this so many times over all the years I've been preaching, that, that it could become stale and academic and I could just regurgitate. But God's word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And he showed me insights as I dug into this that I went, oh, and I can't wait to share with y'all because today I need some church, don't you? Today I need to hear from Jesus, don't you? So let's hear from him. Father, thank you for what you're going to say to us this morning, and I pray that you speak through me. That it'll not be my life or my words or even anything about me, but all for you, Jesus, that you could be front and center and you speak to these people that you love and that I love. And I pray this in your strong name. Amen. Now go ahead and take out your your study guides and remember the resources we have on the web for you. Um, I'm dropping a podcast this week where I'm going to be talking about dealing with mental illness in the church. And we're talking about discouragement and doubt and depression. And I, I want you guys to download that. It's the Scott Weatherford Leadership Podcast. You can get it on Apple or whatever. And here's the deal. I'm, I'm, I'm here, I want you to hear me. Every pastor I deal with, and I deal with hundreds of them, every pastor I deal with struggles with some form of depression. Every one of them. And it's usually based on undue criticism. Because they're criticized. So I want you to listen to that podcast. And we're, I think it'll be encouraging to you. So that's going to drop this week. So look for it. The Scott Weatherford podcast. But now let's look at this. My life is created, is designed to honor God. That's why I live. 
We build lives that honor God. The destiny of your life is not heaven. That's the reward of your life. The destiny of your life is that you might honor God with all of your life. With all of your life. Whether you're 18, 25, 35, 95, 105, is to honor God. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Rome. And so, dear brothers and sisters, now he does something crazy here. He includes women. Most time the, the, during that period, women didn't count and they didn't include them. But not Jesus. Jesus always includes women because Jesus loves girls. He loves women. He loves women. And he includes you in. And he, he does it. You see, with Jesus, there's no gender and there's no ethnicity. There's only love. Do you get that? And so our, our genders are to complement one another. Our ethnicities are to enrich one another as we live all for Jesus. All for Jesus. I, I, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. And I love this. One translation said, I urge you therefore brothers in the view of God's mercy. I like that translation as well. But he pleads with you. Let, there be, let them be, your body, be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind you'll find acceptable. You see, in the Jewish custom, they would give a dead animal. In the Greek custom, they would give a dead animal because living things have a tendency to crawl off the altar and run away. But what he's saying is place yourself living before the Lord with intentionality. Don't make Jesus kill you before you start living for him. That's impossible. But give yourself to him a living sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. Now, y'all, we've been convinced that through the years that we worship him by singing. Singing is just a, 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 an expression. Worshiping God is honoring him by saying, Jesus, I'm yours. And we express ourselves by singing. We pray. We worship by praying. We worship by giving. That's why we, we, we receive an offering in the middle of our gathering because we believe it's an act of worship. That's why we do that. We're not after your money. And if you, feel, if you feel awkward about that, it's not our intent. Our intent is to worship God by giving. So we do it in a place of worship, in the middle of what we're doing. Pretty important. The kind you accept, this is truly the way to worship him. And don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Now I want you to write down an author and a book, because I want you to get this book. The author is Charlotte Leaf. The book title is Who Turned Off My Brain? Now, some of y'all just wrote that down for your husbands. And Bubba's going to read it. You're going to read it to him. And what she's, Charlotte Leaf is a Christian neuroscientist, neurologist, and she talks about toxic thoughts and how scripture protects your mind from toxicity of thoughts. And she comes about it from a very scientific way, literally giving you the science about how your thoughts are formed and how diatribes of toxicity will pollute your brain and how much of your depression, much of your discouragement can be undone by changing the way you think. Jesus changes the way you think. So you have the mind of Christ, not the mind of the world or the mind of your mama or your daddy. Then you will learn to know God's will don't you want to know God's will? Don't you want real? I want to know God's will. Now, I'm going to tell you about God's will. This is good. You know what God's will is? It's good and pleasing and perfect. 
God's will is not for you to be miserable. God's will is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. We sang that just a little while ago. Through all my life, you've been so, so good. So, so good. We sang that and Andrea had tears running down her cheek and Papa Scott had tears running down his cheek because God has been, we're going to sing that song again. We might sing again today. I'm going to sing it at home anyway. Y'all hear me open your windows. I'm loud because it's a good, good song. and God's been so, so good. You see, Paul understood this. He said, the only way to live for Jesus is in total surrender total surrender. And that means you have to break up the compartments of your life and do away with all the schizophrenia of your living and say, Jesus, it's all for you. And it's all about you. It's all about you. It's not about all these compartments that I think of my school life, my work life, my home life, my whatever, my dear least life. It's all for you to clear ourselves. And then he says, and I'm not just suggesting this. This is what he says. I'm pleading with you. I'm urging you. The word there, the Greek word there, urge is, is, is a Greek word called parakletos, like a paracletes, like cleats you run around in. Paracletos is how you say it. And it's the same word that John used for the Holy Spirit. The one who's coming alongside, the comforter, the coming alongside her, the one when you pray and ask Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. He comes to live inside you. And he's indwelling you. What he does, he convicts you. He helps you understand scripture. He, he, he gives you encouragement. He gives you his spiritual divine enablement. Y'all, there is no way in the world that I could have recorded 161 videos without the divine enablement of the Holy Spirit. And if they're any good at all, you know it's Jesus. It ain't me. I'm full of fertilizer. Jesus is full of hope. Thank you for not amening that, okay? <laughs> but that's the process. And he says, and I urge you, I urge you. I come alongside, I put my arm around you and said, do this. Do this. And I feel that same unction as your pastor to come alongside you and say, do this. Because look what, look at what Jesus has done for you. Look what he's done in, in light of all he's done for you or in view of his mercies. Do y'all know that mercy is the language of heaven? That Jesus speaks fluent mercy over you. He doesn't speak condemnation over you or judgment over you or slander over you. He doesn't. He speaks mercy over you. I'm such a limited human being. I don't even know how to give you an illustration of the mercy of God. But his mercy is it's new every morning. His faithfulness. He, he, you can't wear him out. He's faithful. Even when I'm not faithful, he's faithful. And he says, look at this. In view of his mercy... That in the Old Testament, they had a, it's called the Ark of the Covenant. It was a box and they had stuff in there. The Ten Commandments in there, some man in there, Aaron's rod was in there. And it reminded them of God's presence. Had two angels that, that had their wings uh, over, over the angel. And between the wings, then right as you went down, there was the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. And right here was a place called the Mercy Seat. And when Moses went to talk to Jesus, talk to God, he talked to him from the Mercy Seat. 
It's the mercy is the language of heaven. And this is his mercy. This is what he's done for you. This is what he's done for you. He's given you love, unlimited, and grace greater than all your sins. Grace that doesn't wear out. Grace that doesn't expire. He gives you grace. Gives you grace. Tara and I went to Costco not long ago and we bought a case of yogurt. Chances are that yogurt is going to expire before we'll digest it all. But God's grace is greater than the yogurt at Costco. It never expires. Now, I won't check the expression. I'll open it and eat it and say, you know, that kind of tastes funny. And then I'll die in the backyard of some terrible dysentery. He says he calls me the beloved of Christ. When he looks at you, he calls you beloved. Beloved. He doesn't call you knucklehead. He calls you beloved. He doesn't say, hey, loser. He calls you beloved. He has great kindness. Not based on what you could do for him. Sometimes I'm kind to people because I know I could get the advantage of what they could do for me. God, Jesus is just kind to you because he's kind. And he doesn't have any strings attached to his kindness. He's forgiving. In fact, he's so forgiving, he can't even remember your sins. What? The Bible says he takes our sins and he throws them into the depths of the sea. He pushes them as far as the east is from the west. He hides them behind his back. He remembers them no more. Oh, then he does these three things. Get this. He justifies you. What does that mean? He makes you right. And then he sanctifies you. What does that mean? He makes you to become like him. And then when he's done sanctifying you, you die. And then he glorifies you. You live with him forever in glory. One day, this body that I'm wearing, I'm going to get a new body. You think this was impressive? You wait till the next one. Hunk a hunk of bird and love right there I'm talking about. But see, this is what God does. He's renewing. That was ridiculous. He's renewing. And he's, he's justifying me, making me right. He's sanctifying me, making me like Jesus. And one day he's going to glorify me. And I'm going to live with Jesus forever. And then I get this. Get this. I get shared righteousness. What? Shared righteousness. What does that mean? That's what this means. And he takes the righteousness of Jesus and he shares it with me. That my right standing before God is the same right standing Jesus has before God. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's worth some applause. That's good. That's what he does. Now, now get this. It gets, it gets better. You got it too. And then when I look at you, I can see Jesus in you. I can see Jesus in you. And then when I see Jesus in you, you know what I'm going to stop doing? I'm going to stop judging you because I see Jesus in you. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to stop gossiping because I can see Jesus in you. You know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to, I will quit being a racist because I can see Jesus in you. And we got shared righteousness. What if this town called Wimberley, Wimberley, saw Jesus in us. We'd never be the same. But so many of us are living our lives 
under condemnation of the devil and not the freedom in Christ. Tell the devil, I'm going to say this, it's going to be rude, but hang on. Tell the devil to go to hell because he is. Some people went, oh. I'm using it in the theological sense. Are y'all with me? Don't act like you ain't never said that, okay? We'll preach online next week. But that's literally what, he, what we could say to him because that is his eternal destiny. And here's the last thing. He gives me peace. When I have peace, I can face anything. Any diagnosis, I got peace. Any discouragement, I got peace. Any depression, I have peace. Any despising behavior against me, I have peace. Jesus said it this way. My peace give I unto you, not as the world gives you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And this comes as you give yourselves to Jesus. And by refusing to conform to the world to live all for Jesus, then we become like bright, shining stars in a dark, desolate night. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Philippi. Dear friends, you've always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Now, he's not saying work so you'll be saved. He's saying because you have been saved, work at it. Keep presenting. Keep presenting your bodies. Keep doing this. Show that you are. Now, listen to what God does. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Now, listen, this is what God does. For God is working in you. What? I need to work hard to show that I've been saved. But here, God is working in me. This is what he's doing. He's given me the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Oh, do you mean when I see Jesus of yours and I give my life to you and I, I say, take it all, take it all, my life in your hands, all to Jesus I surrender? He goes, I got you. And now that you're doing this, you're going to work hard to show that I'm doing it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to help you. I will give you the will and the power. Oh. So my life then is swallowed up from me to where I live all for Jesus. And my shared righteousness then affects you. And because I have shared righteousness, I can love you. I can serve you because it's not about me. My life is gone. Then he says, and do everything without complaining and arguing so no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, like bright lights in the world full of crooked and perverse people. Be a superstar because that's who you are. Shouted bright to see you. Well, we had the horn section. I kind of got caught up in a little earth, wind, and fire this morning. <laughs> and then my life reflects my commitments. When he does this with me, when I say yes to him, my life starts reflecting. My decisions become my destinies. Because of this pr privilege and authority God has given, given me, I give each of you this warning. Listen to what he says. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest with your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the, by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other in his grace. God has given us different gifts. All of us have different. We don't all have the same gifts. We have different gifts. And nobody has all the gifts. 
He says, for doing certain things well. So has God given you the ability to prophesy? A prophecy, speak out with much as faith God has given you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If your gift is giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. You have the gift of showing kindness to others. Do it gladly. Now, this is just one of the lists Paul talks about divine enablement. That when you come to Christ, he gives you these gifts. And I look at this list and I think, okay, God's given me some of these gifts and I need to be faithful with what he's done with me. And I need to be faithful. I need to be connected in Christ's church so I can love you by sharing my gifts with you. That when I'm connected, I serve. But get this, I grow to maturity to Christ's likeness by serving you. And when I serve you, I'm actually serving Jesus. Oh, so a Christian without a church family is a spiritual orphan. And a Christian without a ministry is, what the heck are you doing? What are you doing? You're like suiting up for the, for the game, but you're never getting in it. You're a bench warmer. And God wants you to say, no, 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 I've given you these things so you'll, you'll serve others. And some of you are waiting for some kind of divine trumpet that says, go you therefore and work with children. And when he's saying, people said, hey, hey, we need some help with kids. You think you do it? Yeah, I can do that. We need some help with the tech booth. Yeah, I can do that. But I'd rather sing. And you can't sing. I'm sorry, it's not American Idol. So don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Oh, and it could be giving. It could be this life lives this, this life then is to say I'm going to be different and this life leads to the life of loving God and loving others L- let me go on and I'll, I'm getting long winded so I need to wrap this up don't just pretend to love others really love them have you ever faked like you love somebody you ever done that you go hey man love you <laughs> not really but love is a decision based on commitment. Sometimes you've lost the loving feeling. And what happens when you lost that loving feeling? Gone. Whoa, 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 right? But the decision becomes a destiny. If you decide to love, the destiny will become yours of love. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Oh. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, but don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. And don't be proud to, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you have to know it. Don't think you know it all. Oh, because we're presenting ourselves to God, then our responsibilities and our responses to life become different. I can not just pretend to love you. I can really love you because I can love you with the love of the Lord. I can take delight in honoring you because I don't have to be first because Jesus is first and I am second or third or fourth or fifth. And then I can honor you because I'm not trying to build my self-esteem by what you think about me. My self-worth is not based on my Facebook followings or my Instagram likes. 
are listening to my podcast. It's based on King Jesus. And I can honor you. I can be happy with you. I can pray for you. I can weep with you. I can live in harmony with you. I can take pride and let pride be gone and, and selfishness gone and selflessness reign. I can be changed. And I can enjoy the company of ordinary people because I'm not out trying to impress anybody. And this is the sharing of the love of Jesus that builds relationships. And this will prove the will of God. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, perfect. Oh. See, we often think that God's will is some kind of assignment or task when it really is all about his lordship. Are you going to live for him? Often the will of God is revealed in the hindsight of obedience. When you obey God, and then you look back, you say, oh, that was God's will. Joe alluded to it earlier today. We talked about Mike Stevens. Talked about in 2005, we purchased 32 acres of land right here. In 2005, we didn't need 32 acres of land for any reason. It was, not, it was not necessary. And you know why we bought 32 acres of land? Because God knew in 2019 we were going to need some. And in 2025, we're going to need some. In 2030, we're going to need some. In 2040 and 2050, he knew we we're going to need it. So the obedience of someone in 2005 has become the blessed reality of 2019 and the future hope for 2030. Oh, that was God's will. I was thinking about this today. How in the world did I end up in Wimberley, Texas? Come on. Wimberley? Really? Then I realized... Wimberley, I needed Wimberley. And you may not agree with this, but I think Wimberley needed me. And he placed us together for this time, for his purposes, for his glory. And we look back in 2017 and we said, that was the will of God. And don't you dare doubt in the dark what God has revealed to you in his light. And his will is for you to live a surrender life. Then he will assign you where he wants you. And just go ahead and say yes. You see, God's will for us is that we might live a sacrificed life by loving him and caring for one another. And this makes us different. I wrote this this morning so you'd catch this. We serve God by serving people, not just the people we like, our fellow believers, but everyone. People matter to God, period. Over and over throughout my life, God has placed the least of these in front of me that I might become more loving and more like Jesus. And he's doing this with you, with you. No matter where you are in your life, God is assigning difficult people in front of you that you might be a blessing to them. Don't look at these people as a problem Look at them as an opportunity for your character to grow. We say, well, I don't have anybody in my life like that. You are that in somebody else's life. Just know that, okay? 
the reason we're adding space here, the reason we're talking about adding children's space and adding student space and gathering space and adding parking, it's not for our benefit. Yeah, we'll, we'll benefit from it. It's not really, it's not for our benefit. It's not for our comfort. It's not. It's for God's glory that more people could come to know him. It's for the future generations because I think little children need to hear about Jesus when they're young. I think high school kids and junior high kids I have a safe place to gather so they can have their lives built by God and not by the nonsense of this world. That's what I think. I think every now and then we ought to party with a purpose and kill the fatted hot dog and gather out in this beautiful place and enjoy each other. I believe you ought not to lose your salvation getting out of the parking lot. That's what I believe. Are driving around and said, who designed this parking lot? Some crazy drunk person? All for Jesus. It's what I believe. This is us. We are a building lives church. Connecting, growing, serving, sharing that we might honor God and live all for Jesus. Now we're about to receive communion. If you've never trusted Christ, this is Bill's not for you. But if you have trusted Christ, no matter what church you go to, it doesn't matter. We practice open communion here. You can have communion with us. But I want to say this to you. If you never trusted Christ, guess what? This could be for you because today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day you can pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Today is the day you can surrender to him. 